Hello and welcome back to iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon. You can contact us on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. This week on Breaking Ground, I chat to Jonathan Reinhardt of Jonathan Reinhardt Design Labs. Um, Jonathan, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Carol. Thank you very much. Um, so Jonathan Reinhardt Design Labs, that, what, what does that entail? So uh, Jonathan Reinhardt Design Labs, I suppose it's, it's an umbrella for a number of startups that I've launched with, with, with some friends and, and, and some colleagues uh, over the last number of years. And, and that's, gonna, that's the umbrella that they all fall under. Um, and, and, and just somewhere to, to, to start our ideas from and, and then launch them to the market. Very good. So talk to us about it because um, I've seen your name quite a lot on the BIM side and digital construction. Um, so essentially digital design uh, feeding into construction. So tell us where, um, what, do you, what are, are you by qualification or what are you by trade? Uh, so, so my background and my qualification is I'm a chartered architectural technologist um, so some people often ask, are you an architect? I'm, I'm not an architect, I'm an architectural technologist. And the kind of the key difference is that I'm technically, more technically trained. It's less about the architectural art and, and history and appreciation and stuff like that, which is obviously as important, but I'm probably more technically trained in terms of building, um, uh, building compliance, building regulations, uh, a lot of stuff that, that people may find boring, but extremely excites me. And then things like sustainability and, and energy consumption and energy use as well. And part of that is something called BIM, which you may know me from as well, Carol. Very good. And um, I, I think it's important to kind of get the context right, because there's been so much happening along uh, the construction technology side. It's quite an exciting time. And in fact, even in the past month, you know, we've finally seen some action on the um, digital build project uh, for Ireland. So there, there's quite a lot happening. Um, and I, I asked this question whether I guess from Ireland or outside of Ireland, but where does the uh, design and construction uh, industries um, for, the, for the built environment in Ireland, where do they sit in terms of tech adoption? Are we, are we far ahead? Are we far behind? Are we middle of the road? Uh, I, I suppose the, the context I put it in is, you know, we've we, we so many tech companies in Ireland and I think, you know, by influence, we're an extremely tech orientated country. And that there's a huge motivation just in the mindset that I see, even in the architectural, in the construction sector that I see on a day to day basis. You know, that techie mindset is really out there, whether you're, you know, whether you're a high level executive in a company, you know, whether you're in a financial department. There's a huge te technological awareness within industry, within all industries within Ireland. And I feel that feeds into to the industry that I'm most focused on, uh, such as architecture and construction. So there's a huge appetite out there for it. Um, and I suppose in terms of where we actually are in progress, we've come a long way from what I've known in the last 10 years. And I suppose what I usually use as my benchmark and my background being in building information modeling, being part of what I do, which is BIM implementation. I've seen huge construction companies, you know, construction was probably one of the least technologically uh, uh, um, um, used uh, industries within Ireland from what I've seen anyway, and even globally as well. But we've seen huge construction companies now adopt this type of technology. Uh, you know, as part of some of my my, my roles during the week, I, I support these type of companies adopting new technology and how advanced these people are on site using mobile phones, using iPads and tablets. When you see that in the guise of, of supply chain and uh, subcontractors on site, 
using this type of, 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 of technology. I think it says a huge amount about where Ireland is in terms of technology adoption and, and uh, uh, where we are as an industry as well. That's, that's really positive to hear. But is it true or, or, or is it the case that maybe the gap between those companies that are embracing it and those that aren't, is that gap just getting bigger? Because essentially what we've seen, the, the, uh, the latest figures for adoption rates of BIM, um, and I haven't seen any over the last 12 months, but prior to that, they were still really low. And I think when you're in a, a, a cycle or an ecosystem that's innovative, you're only ever dealing with the companies who've embraced uh, and that have embraced innovation, where it's actually, we know that that's not true across the board. So, I mean, is it a case that we're dealing with a very, an ever widening gap between those who are doing it well and maybe those who aren't? And will they, you know, in terms of any gap that does exist, I mean, it, is there an opportunity for the companies that haven't started to really catch up? At this stage? Massively so and a very good point you make there. So roughly in Ireland there's about 600 architectural firms and that's made up of and there's about 3,000 architects or registered architects in Ireland that make up part of those 600 firms. A large proportion, I don't have the number at hand right now, but a large proportion of those firms, you know, 60-70% say are either micro to medium size. So that's from, from a one-person uh, practice, architectural practice, you know, right up to 10 or 15 size architectural practices. And in my opinion and experience, those people are generally uh, less likely to adopt BIM or new technologies as fast. And that purely comes down to available capital, uh, you know, a cost increase in, in terms of skill level needed for those particular staff. And it's, in fact, it's actually something I, I'm extremely passionate about on the BIM side, but as well on, on some of my other businesses as well. Um, so, you, you make a, a very valid point and it's probably what we're seeing, you know, in terms of adoption is probably with those larger firms at the top kind of as if they're representing everybody, but they're not necessarily. And I think there is a huge opportunity and a gap at, at I suppose, educating and passing knowledge um, either from the public level or, you know, putting supports in place for micro and medium uh, and smaller architectural firms primarily to be able to adopt. Uh, technology because I, I I've worked in these firms um, and I know you know it, it's tight you're getting money in on a weekly basis just to try, pay the wages at the end of the month and that's how sm any small or micro company works regardless of sector really um, and I think I do think there are more supports needed definitely for those micro kind of businesses one man show five five person practice and um, I think they need to be represented a lot more in terms of of, of driving technology uh, adoption in their business I certainly don't think it, it necessarily falls on, on their shoulders in terms of, of, of entire responsibility. Yeah, no, I, and I think that's a really fair point. I suppose I, I'm watching as well what's happening in the UK and we saw that, for example, BIM being mandated on PPP projects um, for the last number of years. And there was almost, uh, it was almost assumed that Ireland would follow suit and we haven't and we still have, you know, really onerous uh, or <laughs> onerous uh, procurement practices for the private sector dealing with the public sector. And I, I know that that's being addressed right now, but it's a long time overdue, you know, even, even if it's fixed today, that has caused problems over the last number of years. Um, what more should the state be doing to support the smaller, um, the smaller outfits that you mentioned there to help them embrace technology actually so that we can move the entire sector along? 
very good question. And I think in relation to what you mentioned about the Bill Digital Project, I think, you know, and I've been following that very closely myself and, and kind of recent announcement from that, I think that's a huge, will play a huge part in it. And, you know, it's only getting started. And I think, you know, the investment that, that has been put into that so far, you know, it's a huge statement um, to, to, to show that this sort of, you know, knowledge is going to be shared by, by public institutes or academic institutes. And I think that's a huge start anyway. It's about sharing knowledge and getting that information to the smaller practices. And, you know, if, if, if it means giving them grants or giving them more funding, I'm aware that Enterprise Ireland have, have a certain um, uh, uh, BIM enabled and BIM grants available as well. Uh, but I think more needs to be done in terms of whether it's free training or low cost training for these smaller firms. Because if, you know, if a person is out, out, out of an office for a half a day or a full day, that's a day that they're not earning or working on, on paid work. And that's extremely important for small businesses. So I think that balance needs to be struck and supported by government, uh, whether through grants or, or whether through, through, through free training programs to, to, to help upskill that, that, that side of the industry. Yeah, and um, you know, jumping from kind of one trend to another, even though obviously they're, they're very closely linked. Um, today, I really want to talk to you about sustainability um, because I know that you're launching a platform that I think might shed some light sustainability across the sector there's still a lot of confusion and actually i saw in the sunday business post or in the business post and um, there a couple of weeks ago there was a really good article by avril claire recruiter talking about how established professionals can retrain essentially for a career in sustainability but do you think there's a good understanding of the principles of sustainability across the sectors uh, I, I think it's mixed across sectors. So, I, you know, I, as from a personal perspective, you know, I'm extremely passionate about, you know, improving our climate because, you know, there's no doubt that we're having an impact on the climate and we need to do something to change it. So from a personal perspective, you know, I'm extremely green and be as eco as, as I can be. But what I do notice, and you know, just in uh, at a general level, there can be companies who jump onto this sustainability buzzword and maybe use it to to drive marketing or drive certain PR. And I think um, what I feel there needs to be some accountability if you're going to do that. So if you're going to promise something, this is sustainable, or there needs to be some sort of KPI, KPI, or you need to be somehow publicly accountable, you know, by going back in 12 months or, or, or looking back in 12 months or 18 months and saying, you said you were going to do this, uh, you know, this is what you, 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 you uh, perceived yourself to be and this is how you're interpreted in the market. What have you done about it? Um, so I think it's mixed across the industry. I myself, I, I, I suppose, you know, I, I graduated uh, 2008, 2009, so quite a bad time in the industry. And what I do have to say about the government at that time, the amount of courses available for, for unemployed people in green technologies, in green construction, in passive house design. I went on almost every course that there was available. I even went to Germany for a two-week course for a passive house course funded by the European Union. So, I mean, 10 years ago, uh, you know, there were people out there that were extremely knowledgeable. And what I see with anything that's talked about long enough, so if it's for 10 years, and I usually put that number on almost everything, if something is talked about for that long, it then eventually reaches itself into the industry. So what I see in the in construction itself um, and on site and in construction and uh, uh, construction environment, 
I am seeing, I am, I am seeing that, that, that uh, these workers are, are becoming far more aware uh, of the reason why they're using certain materials or the reason why they're using certain design methods, such as air tightness, which wasn't a thing over 10 years ago. Uh, you know, air tightness in the building is becoming extremely important. So I, I've definitely seen that filter through into, into tradespeople, for example, down through the industry from, 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 from uh, you know, from maybe from an academic level and, that, and then feeding through into the industry. So the construction industry and the architectural industry, I find, uh, is extremely well, well geared uh, uh, and well skilled towards what is sustainability. Um, and I suppose I, I don't necessarily represent other sectors or those sectors, but I suppose, in my opinion, architecture and construction are extremely well ready. And, and um, you know, if they use those terms sustainability, they, they, they know what they're talking about, in my experience. Okay, and this week, uh, something you posted actually on social media caught my eye. Uh, you put out a call for sustainability companies and experts um, because you're launching a new platform, greenup.ie. So tell us about Greenup. Um, so basically, Greenup has, has, has spawned from previous innovations that we've launched, something called arkley.ie, where we connect architects and homeowners in, in online consultation. And the whole kind of concept behind this um, uh, the whole concept behind this is, is my own passion for both sustainability and, and both for construction and, and architecture as well. So with greenup.ie, what we actually want to do is we want to connect homeowners uh, with sustainability consultants. So, for example, you're thinking about installing solar panels on your roof and you want to speak to an expert for an hour uh, or uh, get some sort of advice. You can come on to greenup.ie. Uh, what I should say, we're still in beta kind of closed mode, but what we're working on, uh, you can come on to greenup.ie and you can choose your preferred consultant based on their skill level, perhaps the category, um, you know, is it the solar panels you're looking to have installed? And you can book a consultation with them uh, for either a small fee or if there's more involved in it, the, the fee may be higher. Um, so the key to this is that it's all done online as much as possible because people upgrading their homes, I mean, it, it's quite a lot of money and especially with all, I know with all the government grants and what's available now is extremely motivating. So people want to get on that sustainability ladder, we'll call it, and they want to make some impact at home. So what we want to do at GreenUp is kind of keep that cost down so that it's, it's an entirely online engagement. If somebody needs to go out and visit the property, of course, that's possible. Uh, but I suppose we, we, we can also do a lot uh, with photographs, with information from the client, and we gather all of that on behalf of the consultant, um, and then we organise that initial consultation uh, between the, the homeowner and, 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 and the sustainability consultant, depending what their expertise is. Very good. Trust is such a huge factor for something like this. How are you vetting your uh, providers? Uh, well, I suppose I'm lucky enough to, to be working in the, the construction architectural industry for, for since 2005 now. So I, I've quite a good network of, of, of companies I'm very familiar with and I've worked with across architectural projects. But as well as that, you know, we, we check everything from qualifications to, to, to insurances uh, to professional registration as well. We ensure that the, the, these uh, consultants are, uh, you know, uh, at the top of their field or at least, re you know, registered uh, with the relevant bodies. Um, and I think Ireland being such a small country, uh, it's relatively easy enough for us to do our due diligence on that side as well. Yeah, but again, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're at a very busy time for the industry. And I just saw there in terms of the national retrofit scheme, um, such, a, such a small number of people, uh, contractors and all had actually signed up for that. I, I think the number at last reading was something like 19 and they expected to have 75 
at this stage or more. Um, so in terms of numbers, are there, there are companies out there that actually have capacity and are out looking for work now? Uh, there definitely are. I suppose the industry is extremely busy. I mean, if, if you try to get a builder in the last 12 months, I mean, you're waiting another six or 12 months at least. Um, so there's probably, they probably see less of a need uh, in the industry in order to go after these retrofits. But what I am seeing and from speaking to, to people I know in the industry, companies are in the background. They are upskilling themselves. They are getting themselves ready because at the same time, you know, if the government is putting so much money to it, uh, that area of retrofit becomes a lot more resilient to, to any potential kind of economic repercussions that, that could potentially happen over the next number of years. So in the background, I do see that skill being increased, but it may not happen for the next six or nine months, perhaps, before we actually see that come uh, to be available to the consumer within the industry. And Jonathan, one of the things, you know, we talk a lot about ESG, and one of the things that I'm just so aware of is that you know, ESG was supposed to be about more than the environmental. Um, you know, the, the, we don't seem to be touching on the governance and the, the societal issues as much as we are and the environmental. And obviously there's, there are many reasons for that. But do you think that we're doing the right things, you know, as opposed to trying to, trying to do things right? It just the targets that the government have set, do you think that they're ambitious enough? For what needs to be delivered, um, I, I do think the government needs to be need to be doing more, and I don't need to be ragging on the government. You know, I'm very very supportive of of, of uh, you know any any sort of uh, uh, movements towards sustainability in Ireland, and uh, you know I do have to commend the government on that. But I do always think more can be done as well. Um, I I don't think we're doing enough on climate. Full stop. Um, you know, I see certain rollbacks of policies last week in, in relation to, to climate reduction uh, in Ireland as well by bringing back certain industries. And I appreciate maybe that needs to be done, but we still need to get real about climate. You know, it is a threat to, 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 to civilization. And I think that just needs to be accepted and kind of drilled home a bit deeper. Uh, it's not that we want to be scaremongering or anything like that. Uh, but I think it really I think it needs to be taken a bit more serious by the general public. Uh, and I think it's the government's role to, 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 to make that happen. Um, in one way, I think that actually the consumer is taking this in some ways more seriously than industry is. Um, so up until really the last two to three years, I would have said that uh, sustainability initiatives were absolutely seen as an add-on or an expense, you know, not as, um, as really a, a social imperative or a, a benefit. But actually, we're seeing that change in real estate. You know, we're seeing that actually sustainability metrics must be hit before funding will be advanced. And actually, it's how people are winning tenants into their schemes and things like that. So actually, uh, suddenly, when you put the commercial imperative there, it, it becomes a different conversation. Uh, but that's, I suppose, on the real estate side, on the management uh, and, and asset management side, on construction, are we there yet? or are the professionals still looking at this as an expense that must be borne? It, there's no doubt that it is an expense and it, and it can affect margin, which we know, you, you know, the construction company has to make profit and construction companies work on, on very low margin, in my opinion, when you compare it to other industries. Um, and any expense is, is you know, it's, it's, it's quite a considerable encroachment on that kind of margin that they're working to. Um, and yes, it, 
it is seen as an expense, but I understand why it's seen as an expense. Um, you know, it, it's, it can be a, a significant burden to carry if it's an option, you know, is the client willing to pay for it is the key thing or the person funding the, the, the construction project or building project, are they willing to, fu to, to fund it as well? And what I've seen, you know, if the client is willing to do it, then, 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 then the, the, the contractor and the construction industry is willing to, to, to go with that as well. So unfortunately, it does come down to money as well in, in, in a lot of cases. And I think that is something we need to work through, certainly. Um, and just commit to you know the longer term plan of five or ten years uh, or further, and make sure we're, we're we're sticking to it. Absolutely. Well, look, you're you're obviously playing your part by actually connecting those in the know with people who need to know. And um, actually, is this is this in a way does it work on the same model as um, your current business, Arkley? It's it, it's a very similar business model. It really is. Uh, Arkley is, is focused on architectural or architecturally where it comes from and then Green Up is focused on sustainability but it's not just I mean we, we, we have consultants up there that you know will focus on a sustainability approach to interior design the types of materials uh, uh, you know even the types of paint that you could use that are more eco-friendly uh, or things like permaculture as well so growing your own food at home or growing your own uh, herbs and shrubs you know we also have those type of experts it's not just strictly the construction sector we want to be a lot more holistic uh, you know and kind of help people uh, not just if they're renovating their home for example even if they're just doing some work in the garden or want to improve their, 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 their uh, any sort of element at home collecting water uh, or you know storing that type of water what type of water can they collect and we kind of just want to break down the knowledge barriers uh, based on that. Are you seeing any innovation coming through? Are they, like have any um, companies or innovators providers stepped forward with ideas maybe that you hadn't come across? Uh, we've seen some pretty exciting stuff as well, which we hope to, to, to be able to show you once we fully launch uh, Green Up and, and, and from our providers as well. But all, all very exciting stuff happening out there in the industry as well. Um, and I think even in, in the startup sector in, in Ireland and even further afield, um, Climate change is a huge thing. If you look at venture capitalism, our venture capitalists, uh, they're really looking to invest in companies that are having an impact on climate change. And I think that in itself, when you see Silicon Valley uh, making that step and that leap forward, I mean, that says a huge, a huge uh, um, uh, direction about where we're going, you know, so, so, so I definitely take, take, take that point of view. Yeah, that's a great point. Actually, we've seen um, a lot of the prop tech that's been funded are ones that that actually feed into helping portfolio owners hit their ESG targets. But actually, it's really interesting to see this whole new uh, offshoot of climate tech um, independently. And, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me that there's huge crossover between climate tech and prop tech. Similarly, it doesn't surprise me that when you're in the, the business of connecting designers uh, with homeowners that actually um, the next natural fit would be to connect them for their sustainability needs you know so actually in a way it's almost like the real the hallmark of success um, in, is where we don't distinguish anymore that actually sustainability is part of every service we um, we procure so actually as part of a design consultation that there would be a sustainability consultation uh, uh, coming into that are you starting to see that uh, we're starting to see it a lot more and, and from homeowners you know every homeowner that uh, i've dealt with even in my previous past and designing projects working on architectural projects if it's a home extension of one-off house or, or whatever it is 
homeowners are actually asking for this first off you know they'll tell you i want an air to water heat pump uh, i want geothermal heating they'll tell you that in their initial brief what i do find happens though is just the initial investment uh, or capital needed for that is kind of the cost of your kitchen perhaps um, and it can kind of come out or go on on a longer term plan perhaps uh, so the motivation is definitely out there it does it sometimes it just comes down to the economics and financials unfortunately of, of budget on the project yeah look absolutely and um i i won't i won't even get into how the grant structure is set up that actually those who need it most are least in a position to avail of them but um that that's not your that's not your responsibility you're taking care of your side of it um so that's it from breaking ground on iProperty radio for this week my thanks to jonathan reinhardt of jonathan reinhardt design labs you can get in touch with the show on social media at iProperty radio or by emailing hello at iPropertyRadio.com. my thanks to hearing me roar media team and to luke delaney on sound for dublin south fm until next time thank you for listening <laughs>